Hello, you're listening to Mom and Me Primetime with Lily and Joelle Hayes. Hey, hello there, world. Mom and I here on to another new episode. Podcast 14, here we come. 14. That's quite a, that's a lot. I think it seems like a lot. Uh, Considering how we first started, it is a lot. Now, the things that we probably overthought are a little easier, and we just need to figure out what's out there in front of us. What's out there in front of us, Lil? A bigger audience. Oh, yes. Hopefully. A bigger audience. So, I think um, this whole podcast came to be because I've been saying things to you. I haven't said to too many other people because I'm afraid I'm going to get backlash, but <laughs> um, about how it seems that food has become political. Has food become political? That's the title of our podcast. What do you think, Will? I think um, the mindset that I've seen to... Um, hear or see from others is if you eat meat you're a meat eater and you're very proud of that it's for whatever reason associates you with being conservative and being kind of red-blooded if you don't eat meat you are automatically looked at as being uh liberal but um, that doesn't certainly doesn't apply to us at least, but I think that's kind of like the mindset out there. Yeah, that you're some kind of a wacko tree hugger. So I think that I've just felt this thing. Now, obviously, we come into this podcast being vegetarians, not vegans, but vegetarians. So we're looking at things potentially different than a large majority of people that are out there. Although there's more of us than we realize, we just usually don't wear buttons on our on our jackets to identify ourselves as vegans and vegetarians. So we don't really know who's who. But the question that I have kind of been asking is myself and just wondering based on just information that I see high well, um, is there a war on vegans or vegetarians from carnivores? Is kind of the question that I'm posing or just asking anybody. So you can weigh in on that, Lil. I think there seems to be an arrogance about eating meat. Um, I think eating meat and eating burgers and steaks and all of that is very much or has been a part of kind of being in quotes, quotation, an American. But I think people are very arrogant about it. And the other thing is, too, is um, people don't like to change or evolve because they feel more comfortable. They know what they know, and they're afraid of thinking differently or making changes. We're all guilty of that, but that's what it is. We're all guilty of that, but some people have to endure changes more than others. So usually when changes happen... 
there's a some of them that you kind of put on yourselves, but the rest of them kind of rain down on you. So you have to adjust. But anyways, yeah, I know people don't like change. So the question that uh, I would answer it is that I think that there are two parts of the anger or war on vegans, vegetarians. I'm just going to say vegans going forward just to save time. So I think there is a war, perhaps, maybe just a war, words, war of words um, from the market side of it, where the um, the meat industry, the beef industry, the pork industry, all of that is going to push back on any of these things that are not meat eaters. So um, people that are accessing uh, vegan types food, vegan type foods, they're going to push back on that because for sensible reasons, it's going to affect their their market share and their profit line. So they want to pretty much come down pretty hard on those type of people or the markets that are serving those type of people. So I think that's part of it. I think the other half of it is more what you were saying, Lily, is that just average everyday people, which I consider myself to be, um, doesn't like to see that there are people living their lives differently. I guess mostly just when they go to the grocery store, although it's more than that, they don't like that. They feel insecure about what they're doing, potentially, because I think most people do like animals and they think that they're beautiful and they think that they're cute and you know, they want to put pictures up on the wall, but at the same time, um, they're putting them on their plate. So to me, it's it's kind of a confusing thing. Something beautiful, you're going to completely, um, you're going to uh, assault it and put it on your plate. And I, I don't understand that, but I think that's what it is. I think that people look at people that are eating or living their lives differently and they're insecure about it. So they want to push you, push you away or push back on the idea because it makes them feel uncomfortable. Yeah. When you think about what has to occur before somebody eats a burger, which is a big question that I think people have to ask themselves, which I will say then, but I lost my train of thought. Um, what what did I say? Before you eat a burger, what happens before you pick up that greasy? Yes. It's a burger? very, what I was going to say is what happens before then it's pretty severe. It's not anything. It's very violent. Um, and I think, that maybe the mindset about Americans eating meat from the beginning, whenever that was, is because for a long time, Americans were, what I said to mom earlier, kind of survivors. You know, you think about people from the Civil War or the Great Depression or the, the Pilgrims, um, you know, they were survivors and they didn't have the technology or the inf they couldn't get information as quick as we can today. We're not survivors anymore. We have so much accessible to us. And I think back then that 
animals weren't domesticated as much and they were just looked at as something for people to use to survive. So I think that's where that mindset came from. And I don't think based on where we are in the world and how much people love animals and I, I don't think it makes much sense to have that kind of uh, archaic mindset. And I don't look down on um, the people from the past that had, that did kill animals to eat because again, they really were all survivors. Yeah. They, they, killed were, animals. yeah. they killed animals for other reasons. But one thing that I was thinking today and I asked you and think it's an important question to ask is, who exactly has decided what domesticated animals we don't slaughter? Who has made that distinction? I mean, we are big um, animal rescue people. Dogs love cats too, horses, all those things. And um, I can barely even think through, you know, that, that dogs and horses, I suppose cats, are used as a food product in certain countries. And Americans, you know, are very upset about that. I mean, I, and and they should, like the Yulin Dog Festivals, where they gather up dogs and um, they kill them and eat them. So my question is, who's, who's made that distinction as far as what animals are domestic enough to not be treated that way? And I don't know. I think if you think, if you look at, cows if you look at pigs they're both smart enough animals to be domesticated and people have them uh, goats lambs even chickens Paula Dean I think loves her chickens uh, so who makes that distinction and is it really is it really anybody's job to do that to say well these animals are less than so therefore we can hack them up and do whatever we please with them and I, I don't I don't think there is any person that's in that position to do that so I think it's an think important it, question. I think it, again, is an old mindset that we're hanging on to for whatever reason, um, because I think people think that's part of being an American, but we have to evolve as people. And the reality of it is, is that we're all living beings with hearts and souls, including animals. So in that way, we're really equal. Um, all yeah, animals, all humans. I think we're on a level playing or a level field. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously there's different level that. of intelligence and um, yes. we're not experts on that, but uh, you know, there are all kinds of um, very strong animals that uh, are not eat eaters. Some of the most powerful animals on earth are not meat eaters. So I bears. think, what's that? Yeah, bears, bears, apes, horses, obviously very powerful, strong animals they can be, and they don't need it. So I think, I think there's just been a lot of mistruths told probably from starting with the government, as far as what the food pyramid really is. And dietitians and things of that nature that you have to have meat in your diet or I've read so many articles about that just for for health reasons sometimes for family members because I was interested in what really was important in your diet and 
and it's not it, we do not need we, we do not need to be eating meat to have healthy diets there are lots of other products that people can have that have protein and iron and fats and oils because we realize that your body does need that i don't really know what the apes need or the horses need but for you know human consumption we don't need to eat meat i think it is just one of those things where people don't want to, like you said, they don't want to evolve. Because they're comfortable. I think they know. I mean, honestly, in the back of my mind, until I got to the point where I decided that's absolutely, I'm not doing that ever again. I can't ever go back. I can't unsee what I have seen um, animals go through. Um, I think in the back of my mind, I had this, shadow of concern or unhappiness with what was happening and what I was doing but you know until you're exposed to certain things you kind of live in that gray foggy area and on a lot of things and sometimes you see a light and then unfortunately or fortunate for, fortunately for me I saw things that I think were horrific and um, you probably remember those moments where I started saying hey I think there's going to be some changes that I need to make and those changes are not just diet. I mean, I will never buy a leather pocketbook or a leather pair of shoes ever again. I certainly have never been supportive of the, the fur industry because that is horrific as well. But um, yeah, I think in the back of my mind, I always had doubts or concerns or did not feel comfortable what I was doing, but I was following what everybody else did. And then, and then it happened. It changed. I saw the light on it. I think the big question that people should ask themselves that feel that okay in the fact that they're eating beef or pork or chicken um, is, are, as you, are you as a person willing to do the things necessary beforehand to get it to your plate? And I think a lot of people would say no. Yeah. I think most people say no. It's just obviously the commercial markets have made it very easy to become meat eaters and, and we are enticed to be meat eaters. So that's where the large majority of people go. But I did want to add one more thing about this particular portion of the podcast. When I was a young girl, I remember hearing this from my dad, so your grandpa, that he went out to go pheasant hunting. I'm pretty sure it was pheasant hunting which is very popular. That's another topic. We don't, I don't want to talk about that. Uh, but um, he went to go pheasant hunting. And I believe that he had a pheasant insider in scope that he could have shot and killed and done with it. And my mother probably would not have been thrilled about that. But anyways, he could have. And the pheasant made eye contact with him. He saw the, the pheasant's eyes. And he realized at that moment, that the pheasant wanted to live just as much as we would if we were in that particular situation. And um, he didn't take the shot. And I don't believe he ever went hunting before. So, I mean, that that's really compassion. <laughs> it's compassion for another animals or another being's well-being that um, they do deserve to live just like we do. I don't think animals are commodities 
I believe it's easy for people to characterize animals as commodities. That's why dogs get dropped off at the uh, shelters or cats are just thrown out with no you know, way to take care of themselves. So it, it's, it's a very, very big subject, but um, I think that we need to look at it that way, that animals, they want to live just as much as we do. And it's really, if it all just comes down to what you want to put on your plate, uh, I think we need to think bigger if we can. And we got to be careful with that mindset because someday somebody might think a person is a commodity. Mm. Very mm. true. So we are today, uh, we're kind of into our lives or what reality is for us, which is vegetarians. And I think that there is a lot of misleading information and I think the strange thing is the misleading information about being vegetarian or being vegan comes from non-vegetarians and vegans as far as what food is like. <laughs> I don't understand that, but I do think a lot of the misleading information comes from people that are not eating like that. But there is a lot of misleading information. There is a lot of good food, obviously, to eat. I mean, vegetarians are buying a lot of produce or eating a lot of vegetables and fruits and nuts and grains. So we are very pro-farmer type people, but there are a lot of good things to eat. Um, honestly, I have been eating plant-based foods probably for a long time, intertwined with other foods. And in the name of that brand that I have been eating, and you probably remember eating this younger uh, when you were younger, Lil, is uh, Morningstar Foods. I still eat it. Sure. We still eat I it now. I but it, it, we still eat it now, yeah. I think I remember, honestly, Grandma and Grandpa eating it before us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did. I got it from my mother um, and, I mean, with every new food that you try, Let's say you've never had plums before or something, you know, like we don't have in our diet. There is a process where you think, oh, that tastes a little bit different. I'm not sure I've had that taste before. So there is, you know, there is a process when you eat anything new. Like if you've never had butternut squash before, some people be like, oh, I don't like that. I've never had before. So everybody experiences those new things. If you've had a new type of pasta sauce, you've never had puttanesca sauce or something like that. It's a new experience. But Morningstar has been something that I've had for a long time and that we've had for a long time and is actually good. Um, another thing that I have been using for my coffee for a very long time is um, soy milk. Now, I do know that oat milk and coconut creamer, all those things are getting extremely possible, but I mean, popular, but we've been using those for a long time. At least I have been, and I, I think they're good. I mean, I, I wouldn't buy them if I thought they were only mezza mezza. So I think they're good. One of the things that I wanted to say is I don't think people know what the difference is between a vegan and a vegetarian. And I thought that was important to note. So a vegan is someone that doesn't eat any animal products. 
a vegetarian is somebody that just doesn't eat meat. So I would consider us vegetarians, but yes, we do eat Morning Star. Um, there's definitely some products of theirs that I don't care for, but there's probably more that I like than I don't. Um, we use, we eat their sausage links a lot. And um, there are some other things that they make. Um, the other thing while we're talking about food is um, we use country crock plant-based butter, which is very good. It's very smooth and it makes a very good cookie. If you are a chocolate chip cookie lover like me, which is very American, um, it makes a much better cookie. The consistency of the cookie is much better, I think, than using actual real butter. It's not as greasy and it's more Great. solid. Um, we're big fans of the Impossible Burger. Oh, yes. Right? We like the yes. Impossible Burger. We're not marketing for anybody, so this is not. These are just vegetarian oh, cool. foods that we like. We like the Impossible Burger. The, the thing that you kind of realize when you're eating an Impossible Whopper, not burger, Impossible Whopper at Burger King is it still has the char grill taste. Mm. And when you eat it, for me, I think it kind of makes me realize that people are looking for the char grill taste on their other, on their actual meat burgers. Yeah. That's what people like about the taste is that. So when you're eating a Impossible Whopper, it really does, for the most part, taste the same as their regular Whoppers or pretty darn close. Which leads to the next thing that I was kind of thinking about because... You know, you see people kind of making fun of vegetarians, vegans. And honestly, I don't want to leave this out. Not too long ago, there was a TV personality um, that I like very much that really said that vegetarians and vegans are ruining the world. I was like, whoa, that really is a far out statement, but I'll leave it at that. But anyways, so... Vegetarians are eating things that they like and that they, they think taste good. So when we're hungry, I think people are hungry for taste. Uh, your body may be hungry because it's missing some food. But when we are mentally hungry, we're hungry for certain taste. Would you agree with that, Lil? Yep. That's why I said kind of like with the, the Impossible Whopper. Yeah. It's yeah. the char gr grill kind of right. yeah, smoky Place. So I think we're hungry for sweet, salty, sour, tangy, any of those things. And what seems pretty simplistic to me or obvious is like most people are not just eating a potato with nothing on it. Nothing against eating a potato with nothing on it. Just a boiled potato on your plate with no salt, no butter, <laughs> no pepper, no whatever. That That's just typically not what people eat, but we're hungry for the flavor of that food, that blank canvas, a piece of bread, whatever it is, with something on it in most cases, which would be, you know, like flavor enhancers. So garlic, oils, sugar, whatever. That's really what we're hungry for. It's not that we're hungry for um, 
roast beef per se. We're hungry for the salty or the sweet or the savory. And you can accomplish all of those things with vegetarian type foods by using flavor enhancers just as you would if you were eating meat. Yep, when you think about a lot of your, well, I would say a burger, when people eat burgers, the thing that makes it, it taste good, there's more things added to the sandwich than the actual <laughs> meat. So people are, you know, thinking about the taste of the condiments on the sandwich or the cheese or the lettuce or the tomato. If you just ate a plain roll with a plain piece of meat, you wouldn't be eating it. So it's not the, it's not the taste of meat that people are really searching for. Right? I think in most cases, no, I think in most cases, I mean, to me, like I would not just want to eat a, a bowl of pasta that had no flavor and answers, no salt added to the water while you were cooking it. No, nothing. I mean, if that's what I had and that's the choice that I had to make versus nothing, I'm sure I would eat it. But most of the time we want to layer flavors. I believe that's something that Rachel Ray would say. You got to layer the flavors into whatever it is that you're doing. And those things are very possible with vegetables or potatoes or whatever grains and things and fruits it's very possible we don't it's it's not just that meat holds the exclusive it's it no. applies to all different types of foods but i think you wanted to add something about the the s word oh <laughs> um so i would say in general i'm not really a big seafood person like i don't mind it but it's not anything that if i you know if i could pick my ideal meal it would not be a seafood platter but i think we've kind of or i've gotten better at eating different types of fish and one fish that's very good for you is salmon so I've become kind of a salmon lover. I feel good about eating it. It's very, it's very <laughs> healthy. It has a lot of iron in it, right? Sure. Mm -hmm. um, it has good oils in it. We put salmon oil on um, dog food. Oh, yes, we do. Um, But it's a good thing to eat and... I don't know. I just wanted to talk about salmon because most people don't like salmon. But you can, again, add things to the salmon. You could add seasoning to it. You could make a sauce. Whatever. Salmon is not... underrated is what we're, what we're trying to pitch. Salmon is underrated. Yes. It's underrated. That's good. We like it. You put cucumbers with it cucumber sauce sometimes right i think it's good with just if you grill it and with some other grilled or roasted vegetables on rice or something like that it's very good yeah okay and it's better for you than eating red, red meat. meat sure it is better for you 150 percent so there's one thing that i was thinking about which honestly i didn't remember until recently and we were talking about has food become political? But 
there is a cable TV show that I did watch a lot of. Um, a Room lot of room. seasons. What? What? We have, for whatever reason, we now live on a very noisy road. It used that to be a lovely, well, it had an issue, but overall, it's a very lovely, quiet neighborhood, and it is no longer. It's noisy. So let me start over. <clears throat> Uh, there was a cable show that I used to watch. I don't. I, I don't know. Is it still on though? No, no, it's not on. Anyways, but um, I just remembered there was one part of the show, and I thought it was very interesting. It was many years ago I watched it, but it was about um, lab. Is it lab made meat? Which I don't really know anything about. I don't indulge in that. But I know it's becoming something. And some people are like, whoa, that's like way over the edge. We, I don't eat that. We eat plant-based everything. But there is a TV show with the Wahlbergs on there. And if anybody knows what I'm talking about, Paul is the chef and has burger joints. I believe they have Italian restaurant named after their mother as well. But they were one of the first promoters of lab-grown meat <laughs> and um they did serve it on their menu i'm not sure if they still serve it on the menu because i haven't really checked in with the Wahlbergs for a while but they were one of the first ones and i remember when paul made it and mark Wahlberg actually ate a lab grown meat cheeseburger and i find that hysterical because i think like lily was saying people want to associate meat eaters with being true americans where people that don't choose to live that type of lifestyle are not you know they're not true americans we're some kind of psychedelic weirdos but the Wahlburgers, the all-american Wahlburgers that i think are being sold now also promote lab grown meat so there you have it <laughs> I have to put that out there. I uh, I don't remember that part, but I do remember their mom. But, um, okay. <laughs> uh, I think that's something I would try. I don't know anything about it. I'm not promoting it or saying anything bad about it, but I remember that episode. It was very interesting. They went into the labs to show how they were making it. And Paul was very interested in it because he knew probably on the West Coast and so forth, maybe more so that was going to be the next new thing because people are looking at ways to eat healthier. And, and one thing that you had said, and you can pick up on that, is that people do evolve. We evolve and you know, how we communicate. We evolve in how we do certain jobs. Sometimes not for the better, but we do evolve. People always evolve and, you know, we try to make improvements. So, um, you want to add anything to that? A lot of these that? big chain, or not a lot, but some of these big chain restaurants um, are making vegan options or vegetarian, like Chick-fil-A has a vegetarian cauliflower sandwich. I don't, know if that'll turn away customers but i'm anxious to try that at some point um which that is also a very kind of homey all-american type yeah. restaurant 
So they're doing that. And the other thing I want to try is, which mom has her opinions about this, but um, Hershey is now making plant-based candy bars. And I really want to try one. I'm sure it's fine. I mean, we're eating plant-based creamers and we haven't fully accepted all plant-based cheeses yet just so, for taste and texture but some are so i'm sure i'm sure they can work it out with the candy bar because yeah that makes sense but anyways wall burgers lab grown meat don't forget that <laughs> don't forget all you naysayers but anyways um so I think I think this is an important podcast and I think a lot of people will probably throw stones at us and we certainly do feel that <laughs> um people are have kind of a negative feeling towards it or they think that we're some kind of strange creatures that lurk below the sea. <laughs> I remember we were going out to dinner with a group of people and we're like, Oh, we don't, you know, we don't eat meat. We eat vegetarian only, you know, like Morning Star. And they were like, What? Like, I don't know. I remember that little. I'm not going to say who it was, but they never heard of yes, anything I like remember. That and every time I say that I don't drink in general, I also am looked at like I'm some kind of creature mm. from the Black Lagoon, but whatever. <laughs> um, but to end this segment, I think that um, there, there is something to be said about it. So, I think people should consider it, listen to any of it and see if it means anything to you because until you have that that little voice or that little spirit that enters in you where you feel, okay, you know what? I don't need to be slaughtering animals to have a pocketbook. I don't need to be slaughtering animals to have this sandwich or whatever it is. We don't need to do that. We're moving past that. I just hope that people stop hating on vegetarians and vegans because it is a very personal thing and vegetarians and vegans are very gentle. There's a gentle nature that we have and, uh, you know, we don't want any harm to come to other animals for a pocketbook or uh, a meal. And it's just it's just a different way of thinking. So hopefully that little voice or little spirit does enter other people. But like I said, until then, stop hating on the vegetarians and vegans. Hey, thanks for listening. See you next time on Mom and Me.